What is up, everybody, and welcome to the Joe Kilgallen Podcast, aka Kilgallen's Pub. I'm your host, your boy, your friend, your amigo, which means friend in Spanish. See, I'm teaching you another language. I'm your host, Joe Kilgallen, of course. Welcome. Welcome to the pod. I hope you all had a wonderful weekend. Uh, as always, I'd like to start off a little bit of gratitude. Big shout out to all the Patreon subscribers. You guys are amazing. I gave you a little sneak peek of some big news, I feel like. So I hope you enjoyed that on the Patreon. Uh, bonus episodes also coming your way. Sorry for the delay on that. But, you know, we're all busy over the weekend. So maybe it wasn't good to drop it over the weekend. I might have gotten lost in your shuffle. Now you're getting at the beginning of your work week and you're thinking, fuck yeah, I get a little more Joseph in my life, which we call use. We could all use. Um, and those of you checking out the podcast for the very first time, welcome to the show. I am a stamp comedian who travels all over the goddamn country based out of Chicago, Illinois. I'm actually going to be in Arizona Thursday, March 9th, performing at Mike Drop Mania, a comedy club in Chandler, Arizona, which is just outside of Phoenix, just outside of Mesa, Borders Mesa, Arizona, where I'll be watching my Chicago Cubs in spring training action during the day. So going to the games Thursday the 9th, Friday the 10th, doing the show Thursday the 9th. I'll have the ticket link in the show description on both YouTube and on um, like the podcast. So like when you click the podcast, the show notes, ticket link will be right there. So if you are an Arizona listener, like my man, Chad McDaniels, who's such a great dude, he already bought his tickets. But maybe you're out there as well. You want to buy tickets? We'll have ourselves a hell of a time. Let's make it happen. All right. So... Um, what else did I want to get into? Yeah, I thought I got, I was listening to some past episodes. I'm like, I got to reintroduce myself a little bit. If you're catching this for the first time, you might think, what is this all about? This looks like a guy in his late thirties. that seems to have a really cool background. You're goddamn right. I do comedy records from two of the greatest comedians of all time. Richard Pryor, George Carlin, right here over my left shoulder on my right. I got other things that I'm into, right? I like Marvel. So I got a little, uh, Captain America, Thor, Iron Man and the Hulkbuster suit. Slapshot, hilarious movie. I threw that up there because I found it and I didn't know where to put it. Michael Jordan, greatest basketball player of all time, hanging on the shelf right there. I got my guy Anthony Rizzo in a Yankee uh, baseball card. He was famous for being a great Cub, though. Signed Cup behind there. Chicago flag, Irish flag. Ben Zobris bobblehead from when he got the game-winning hit for when the Cubs won the World Series in 2016, Game 7. Club 400 Lager, great beer, great organization. Club 400, Cubs fans helping Cubs fans. It's a charity I worked with. I got a Manchester City sticker. I got my guy Cole Cabano right over here behind me. I got some pitchers, three stooges. I got some fun shit on the walls. I do. I'm a fun person. That's why I put fun shit behind me, to give that indication. But this is a podcast where I, as a comedian, just rant for about 30 minutes. It started off as a podcast where I would drink with people, and times are changing a little bit. So it's just me ranting. And if you are new to this podcast, I got another one coming coming up. That that's what that was with the sneak peek that the Patreon subscribers got. I will be launching another podcast with a co-host and with guests. That's coming. It's on the horizon. We've already filmed three episodes, filmed and recorded three episodes. So we got them in the bank. We are doing it right. We are going to launch this motherfucker with class and with style and with dignity. And like most podcasts, the first few episodes won't be that great. But then it's going to find itself a groove. Hell yeah. All right. So um, a little bit of going on in my life today. Here's a struggle I had this morning. I'm a parent. I got two kids. One just turned six like a week ago. And the other one's three. Now, as a stay-at-home dad during the day, comedian at night, which still sounds awesome to say every time I say it, I have the task of taking my kids to school in the morning. It's difficult. It can be very difficult sometimes because number one, I'm not a morning person, but I do it. I clock in every morning. 
I'm up. I'm up with that grind. I'm exhausted. I'm groggy, but I get them there. I get them there on time. Most of the time. This morning was pouring rain out. It's a Monday. Kids feel the Monday too. You know, my three-year-old's pretty good about because he's three. He's got no pressures in his life. My six-year-old, we're going through a little bit of a thing with right now. And this happened to my parents when Super Nintendo was popular when I was a kid. Sometimes as a parent, your kid gets into something. My kid got into his iPad. And I remember thinking like, oh, you know, a lot of these kids have them nowadays. And it, it was started off watching like educational stuff. And it was great. I'm like, this thing's amazing. But like most things, you want it in moderation. Well, we got exhausted. I think we let some stuff slip by where we're like, okay, he's on this thing too much. And now we are weaning him off the iPad like a crackhead. And it's tough. He's going through the withdrawals. He's missing his digital content, right? And now I told him, hey, we got to go back to watching stuff that's kid appropriate. He got into some stuff where I was like, this is, it's not like, it wasn't like horribly bad or anything like that. But I remember just thinking like, this is more for like nine and 10 year olds and you just turned six. So let's, let's reel it in a little bit. And because of that, he's a little bit upset as you'd imagine. And he said something to me that really kind of like, oh man, this is the stuff that you don't think about before you have kids. Not that it changes wanting to have kids, but you just don't think about what happens when your kid says this. And I said, buddy, sorry, this is not for you. You're not supposed to watch it. It's we, mommy and daddy should be keeping a better eye on it. It's not your fault. Um, it's not like bad, bad or anything like that, but it's just not really good for your developing brain. You know, it's a little too, it's a little older when you in a few, few years from now, go for it. It sounded like I had a glitch as a person. A few, few years from now, go for it. Right. And you know, he's young, but he said to me, he's like, I really enjoy it. And the way he said, I really enjoy it. It made me just think to myself, fuck. I have to take away something he likes. He really, this, this brings him joy and happiness. And I have to be like, no. And he's too young to really understand why I'm saying no. Cause in his world, he's like, Oh, what 10 year olds like it. So what I'm six, 10 going to be here in no time, which sadly it will be. But as a parent, you do have to stand your ground. You know, like I said to my wife, I'm like, yeah, look, if he started watching porn under our nose, we'd be like, get the fuck. No, absolutely not. You can't watch this shit um how'd you find this by the way these are good but like still no you know so you just have to be tough about it we're like we've deemed hey this isn't quite age appropriate for you so no and i just said to my wife i'm like look this is how i'm maturing as a person i'm like it sucks to have to do this but we both know it's right she's she agrees we're 100 we're in lock on this but we're like it's gonna suck for a week it's gonna he's gonna be upset with us right he's gonna get cranky he's gonna be like i did good stuff today so can i please have a little bit of time and we're going to want to cave and all that, but we got to fight. We got to be strong. It's like when you're getting someone off drugs, you know, that the withdrawals are going to be heavy. There's going to be some vomit involved. There's going to be some tears, but you know what's best for them. And you're just going to have to power through. You got to persevere. But what happened today with getting them ready for school. So I'm driving him to his school and my three-year-old starts like an hour before he does. So I drop him off and go back to our house for a little while, you know, and when we go to school, he was saying like, why do we have to go to school every day? So then I'm like, well, look, I told him, I go, Hey buddy, it's tough. I understand that as a kid, you're thinking every day with this nonsense. I totally feel you on that. I really do. But here's why you need to go to school. All that cool stuff. You like, you know, think about all the cool stuff. You, you the toys you play with you, those shows you were watching on your iPad. Those were all made by people who had to go to school. They all went to school to learn the skills to do that stuff. And they go, also, you notice it's all the kids, 
all the kids your age. It's by law from like four years old. I think it becomes a law, maybe five because preschool technically you don't have to go to. That's not a law. But from five years old to 17, 18, you by law have to go to school. And I want you to. And it's, it makes for a better life. It really does. And then he's, he's, he acknowledged it. He kind of was like, yeah, that all makes sense. Especially when I said, hey, it'd be one thing if you were the only kid going. But you've noticed your classroom, your school is filled with other kids. All the kids in this neighborhood go to this school. So there you go. It's not like you're alone in this. You're making friends and all that kind of stuff. And he's like, yeah, you know, and he, he's got a lot of friends he likes. So that made him pretty chill. But then he said something that was really hard for me as a parent, let alone a human being to refute. He said, but why does it have to be five days? Why can't it just be four? And I looked at him and I'm like, you know, that's a great point. I'm not even going to try to spin that. I'm not even going to try to tell you the good reason behind that because there really isn't. I totally agree with my now six-year-old son that going to school five days and having two days off is dumb. And I, because I've always felt that way about work. Why are we working five days, but only have two days off? What kind of fucking work-life balance is that? Oftentimes people say, if I could get in a time machine, they'd do the obvious. I'd go back and stop slavery, which you should. I'd go back and kill Hitler, which you should. But you also have to do some other little things, the things that you don't even realize that would really change people's lives tremendously. And I would find the person who said, hey, I think people should work five days a week and then we'll take Saturday and Sunday off. That makes sense. Five, two. And everyone was like, because yeah, yeah, yeah. I would have been like, whoa, 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 whoa. First of all, who the fuck are you to decide this major thing? And why are we all going along with it? And then I'd, I'd be like, oh, that's right, because people are stupid. This is stupid human beings right now. You guys don't get balance. There's seven days in a week. Five work, two off, that is dumb. And even if you think work is more important to move society forward, four, three still works out. We're still working more than we're playing. Four, three is the move. It's balance. It's still more work. So you're so th those crazy people are like, you gotta fucking work hard. You're still getting yours. But this five and two, no, that is not enough. That is not enough time off. And even if they, someone smarter, by, by now it should have been four and a half, two and a half. That equals seven, right? Because then you, okay, four full days, Friday, half day. Shit like that. There's so many little things in our society where I'm like, why don't we just make them fucking better? Have you ever cut into a parking lot? Like you turn into the wrong parking lot. And you're like, why aren't these parking lots connected? I took it right into this one and I want to go to that store. I thought they were all connected, but now I got to go out of this parking lot, turn right back onto the street, onto the road, and then turn right into that. Who the fuck decided this? Why couldn't you just make all the parking lots connected? Who, who the fuck? Like, why? There's so many things like that where I think to myself, it's just, and, and that's where I want, that's why I want to be mayor of Chicago one day. I'm putting it out there right now because I know how to fix things. When I drop my three-year-old off at school, there's hardly any parking around this school. They have one parking lot and it's just for the teachers and they block it off. And then on the other side, there's one street that goes right back into the school. Like it, it dead ends at the school, but no one parks there. Even though there's some parking spots because you park there, you have to go all the way around to get in. Even though if they just open up one part of the fence, it's a gate. So it's not like they have to drill anything or cut anything. You open that and people could wander right in there and they're in the courtyard. Saves so much time. And I want to be like, why the fuck won't you just do that? Think about how angry all the parents are. And once a week, the school sends out a mass email trying to tell people, hey, you can't do this. You can't double park. You can't block someone's driveway. You can't just do like there's all this complaining. And I'm like, you guys can make the situation better. 
And that's where I would come in. I think that's where I would be as a mayor. I would be like, let's drive around to every neighborhood and I will just take notes and be like, okay, they could do that better. Let's write that one down. Let's fix that. And that's what a mayor should be a fixer. But so many people get into politics for the wrong reason. And they're all usually terrible mayors. They all have an ego. Um, and, and they really don't make anyone's lives better. Cause I feel like that's where the real impact is. Little things like that. You know, think about that. All those people who are losing their shit in the morning, they take that energy to their work. You know, they're productive that first hour or they walking in being like this fucking school. I cannot understand how dumb they are. These are teachers. These are people educating the future and they can't fucking figure out a traffic pattern. That's what they're losing their minds about. And then their boss has to like wander over being like, oh, we're talking about this again. It's like, ah, I'm sorry. Don't worry. And then they're like, get the bo- get to work. And then they're thinking, fuck that guy. Why the fuck is he our boss? He's a dipshit too. He'd probably design a worse traffic pattern at my kid's school. Right, right. right. We'll bitch about this more at lunch. All right, see ya. And it's just this negative, negative energy. And that's why everyone's so angry. And that's why there's violence is up. It all correlates. Everyone thinks you have to do some big thing. I'm going to get into office and and create like some new thing or change the structure on something. No, it's really all the little things. You fix a bunch of the little things, then naturally the big things will resolve themselves too, I believe. I'm not saying don't go for big change because there are some big change I'd like to see as well. But really that the little things that you can impact instantly, that's what I would do. Like, oh my God, I would immediately drive around every parking lot that has it where you could enter in the one way, but you can't go out the back way. That I would change that. I would be like, what are we doing? Why would we do that? You know, I would definitely people's commute, making it easier, making neighborhoods more walkable, just like conveniences. I've gone on about this a few episodes ago about like how walkability is going to be more and more important going forward in the future. So my friends who live in like areas where it's all sprawled out, I think if you, even if you love your area, you got to get a hold of who's ever in charge of the town and be like, look, we could, we can mainline this a little bit better. Let's simplify things. And I knew a guy who lived by a grocery store, but the way the grocery store was set up, instead of it being like a 250 foot walk, it was like a six block thing. Cause he had to go around that and all this. And I was just like, my God, why do we make our lives more difficult? That's a great question. Why do we make our lives more difficult? But I couldn't, I couldn't really answer the question. I said to my son, I'm like, you know, you're right. It should be four and three. It really should. But school's five and two because work is five and two. Five days of work, two off. So school's going to be the same way. You guys are always going to mirror it because I didn't tell him this, but in my brain, I'm like, a lot of schooling is just, we don't, we need someone to watch you during the day. We need a babysitter. What I don't like either nowadays is some schools, they go, like my kid's school. I'm not telling you much about my kid's school because obviously I got to protect that. But let's, he gets off at like when he has after school, like he does like an after school, a uh, couple of classes. Like it's not a class, but like arts and crafts and shit. You know, he's in kindergarten. He doesn't get home till 4 30. And in the winter, it's dark out. So he's going to school where there's barely any sunshine because it's Chicago in the winter. And then when he comes out, there's no sunshine. And I'm like, that's not healthy. They need to re- readjust some of these things they do. Um, schooling in America has been the same core principles for a long, long time. But it's one of those things, too, where anytime you suggest anything new, the mouth breathers of the world are going to get very upset because they all naturally hate teachers. They think teachers are wildly overrated, um, which always kind of cracked me up because the professions that like there's two big voting blocks in Chicago. I feel like the teachers union and then the cops union, which is called the fraternal order of police. And I always notice, I'm like, I know so many teachers were married to cops and stuff. You'd think they would, that's another anger issue in the house. That's why if you type in police 40%, you'll know what I'm talking about. I'll just leave it at that. 
Um, but yeah, there's just, you'd think they'd be more on each other's side because they're so similar in a lot of ways. Uh, but both sides just think they're completely overrated and one thing's more important than the other. And I don't know. I don't know. It's tough. I'm talking about local Chicago politics right now because there's an election in Chicago tomorrow. When you'll be listening to this, Tuesday, February 28th, there'll be an election. But then there's a runoff because if no one gets 50%, there's a runoff and nobody's going to get 50%. So that's what's going to happen there. All right. Uh, switching gears with you guys a little bit. Um, I did mention Phoenix. I'm really looking forward to that. Unfortunately, it's a really short trip. Um, I'm, I think I'm going to do this, man. I've been watching like these Jack, that Jack Reacher show and reading Jack Reacher books. I might show up with just one outfit and then buy another shirt. Jeans you can wear multiple days. Early March, I don't know. Part of me is like, do I need a pair of shorts too? I'm not a swimmer. I'm not going swimming in anyone's pool most likely. So I'm like, I'm just going to travel light as hell because I'm really there for three days. Heart, but not even a full three days. I get in like Wednesday, 8 p.m. ish, I want to say. And then I leave. I'm taking a red eye flight back to Chicago. So I leave Phoenix Airport at like 12.05 a.m. And I get back to Chicago early Saturday morning, which is nice because that kicks off St. Patrick's Day festivities. And as you guys can tell by my big dumb face, I love St. Patrick's Day festivities. Uh, Chicago kind of does like two weekends worth of it. See, St. Patrick's Day this year is on a Friday which kind of bums me out because I like that day to be like on a Tuesday or Wednesday, because then that's when the real drinkers come out to play. Cause Chicago does a St. Patrick's day parade. A few of them, actually there's three total one on the South side, Northwest side, and then the downtown parade. And most of the city that Saturday, the downtown parade, that'll be the day they celebrate St. Patrick's day. Cause again, most of the city works Monday through Friday, nine to five, but I think holidays are special. So even when I was working a Monday through Friday gig, which has been a long time, thankfully in my life, since I've had like a nine to five type job, I used to work at a warehouse about 11 years ago. I would take that day off. And what I would write for reason why you need the day off, I'd write religious purposes. And then eventually the boss would be like, March 17th, religious. And then he knew what the hell could he do? You're going to fight me on that? You don't know how I'm celebrating my St. Patrick's Day, but he's assuming like, oh, Joe's going to get shit faced. And he was correct. So I would um, start early and just go. That's why it was the best one was on a Tuesday or Wednesday because it was still full. The bars would still be like good crowds, but not like so packed you can't move, but still a really good crowd and real partiers, not like fucking people who only go out five times a year. You know, they go out on New Year's Eve. They go out on St. Patrick's Day. They go out on the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. So they those are like the people where you're like, oh, you're boring. And then you're out and you're such a lush. You can't drink for shit. You get in everyone's way. You're going to be sitting on that um, curb crying later because your ex-boyfriend didn't give you enough attention when you ran into him tonight. You can't find your friends. You broke a heel. That's just the win That's just the guys I'm talking about. And then the women do a whole thing where it's a lot of runny mascara and some slapping. There's been slaps. I've taken a slap that was meant for someone else, but I got in the crosshairs. You ever have that? I had that once where I grabbed a couple of drinks. I turn around and I see my buddy. And I'm like, yo, Mikey, you know, be like, I'm with these fucking beers. And all of a sudden I got slapped across the face. And I'm like, what the fuck was that? And then the girl's friend was like, are you okay? I'm so sorry. I think she was trying to hit him. And then she's like, I was. And then she goes, I don't know why though. And I'm like, well, you owe me a fucking beer. And they're like, um, guys, you're supposed to buy girls beer. I'm like, now when you fucking slam me in the face, make me spill two of them. Huh? Get out the debit card, sweetheart. Like that's, that's what I had going on. I remember I still pissed off about that slap. There was an NBC show that was coming out a year later called The Slap. And I remember being like, is this about what happened to me? No, it's about, it's a remix from some Australian show where this guy has a, a party and 
one of his friends slaps his kid. The kid was being a dick, but it's like, yeah, you don't slap someone else's kid. I know back in the day, people would do that. There is some shit, man, where people talk about back in the day. And I'm like, do you fucking hear yourself? I would say 75% of the back in the day stuff was like, yeah, I'm glad we don't do that anymore. And what kind of weird, and even so that was, that stuff was embellished. I did. I do think parents or exaggerated, I should say, and embellished. I do think parents back in the day were more like they'd tell the teachers. Cause a lot of the schools were religious run. So they, were, they had like a fear of God in them as well. They'd be like, you know, my dad would tell me, oh, the nuns would fucking hit us. I'm like, good Lord. So I think, you know, back in the day, they would say like, you know, if you're, te- if you're mouthing off, I'm giving the teacher the right to smack you around a little bit. Um, but the teachers were all these 80 year old women. So it's not like the kid was coming home fucking bleeding from the mouth. You know, you know, I thought to myself, like if my kid was acting crazy, which they do at a party, right? You know, he's all, they're all hopped up on sugar. That's like cocaine to a seven year old. And he's being all wild. And accidentally like knocks over someone's daughter. And then that guy's like, hey, I told you to calm down and smacks my kid. Dude, <laughs> the fist that's going through the back of this guy's skull wouldn't be coming any faster. Like it would be insane how badly I beat the fuck out of someone for doing that. And like your kid was out of control. And I'm like, well, guess what? So am I, motherfucker. And now you're going to find out where my kid gets it from. Headbutt, headbutt, headbutt. And then crazy smile as he's seeing the lights go out. Because that way the last thing he sees is my fucking big ass shit eating grin. That's what he's going to see. I talked about the phrase shit eating grin. I don't like it. You shouldn't smile while eating shit. That's really weird, but you're going to see it because if I'm going to go psycho, I'm going to, I'm going to do, not only am I going to do physical damage to you, but I'm going to do psychological damage, smack my kid and prepare to be near death. That's how it'd be. Now, now if they like tried to hold him by like the arms, be like, stop, stop. Be like, you know, cause I think in that TV show, the slap, the kid was like swinging a bat around you know, like a little wiffle bat or something. I don't think it was like a fucking Louisville slugger and like almost hit a bunch of people. And then and then the one adult was trying to calm down and just lost and slapped him. But I was like, dude, I would fucking. But that's the thing about me though. And and yeah, I've talked about this podcast about how I have a bad temper and it's something I'm working on. And it's, as a reputation, of, I'm torn on it. I was on comedian Lisa Traeger's podcast, her enemies podcast. And I was telling her, I'm like, yeah, you know, it's a reputation that's has its pros and cons because she talked about like, yeah, everyone knows you as someone like, you know, you're a guy who's not afraid to get into a fight, but like you use it for good. She wasn't saying like I'm some guy that people are afraid of, but I'm like, yeah, I think though it might've hurt my career at different stages where people are like, yeah, he's a really funny guy, but isn't he kind of crazy? Isn't he a little bit of a loose cannon? He's a wild card, right? That guy's a wild card, fun guy to hang out with but when it's like hey we're looking for writers for this tv show and it's gonna be eight people working in a room together for six months people tend to worry about how personalities clash so that's something i've kind of i don't know this for sure but it's something in my head i'm like i wonder if this has hurt me but then in in the pros category where being known as the guy with the bad temper has really kind of helped me out it's when i think about a tv show like the slap or again where someone slaps someone else's kid I know that would never happen to my children unless it was a complete stranger doing it. I know I couldn't, if I had a family party, one of my kids, my kids are well-behaved by the way, but if one of them was screwing around and being a dipshit like that kid in that TV show was, I know nobody would dare to slap my kid. And if they did say they lost and slap my kid before their hand even fully like came to like to stop, you know, cause you have a follow through your hand goes across someone's cheek and then eventually gets about that far. And then, you know, you bring it back. Before that even happened, they would probably run for their life. They would be in their car 
driving toward the border, the Mexican border, because uh, they know I know people in Canada. I don't know. I need I need to know some Mexican people, though. I mean, I, know, I have Mexican friends, but I'm talking about as far as like a connection to be like, hey, you turn them back around. I don't have that. Canada, I do, though. So just so you know, if you fuck with me, you go south. You don't go north. Yeah, that would, that's that's just how that would be. And I think that's that's what's a nice thing about having that reputation. And that's what would happen, too. If, if they did slap my kid, as soon as that person who did it, they would have that look in their eyes like, oh, I just signed my own death certificate. And then they would look at the eyes of all the other people there, and they would just be like, and they, and I think people would probably just mouth to them, run, or they would say goodbye. They would probably walk up to them and be like, hey, man, it, it was nice knowing you. And they'd give them like a little bit of a hug and then be like, I'll tell your, I'll tell your parents that um, you love them. Okay. And that, cause they would know it was, it would be over. They would know there'd be a, an emergency room visit coming up. They knew there'd be a long lake this day. Um, they would probably say, Hey, do you have health insurance? Oh, you do. Okay. Cause if you don't, you know, that's gonna be a burden on your family. I'll, I'll just start to go fund me right now. I'll start to, no, no, nobody I'll start to go fund me right now. That's what, that's what would happen. Um, if someone ever fucking slapped my kid. I almost want it now. You ever almost want something where it's like, I kind of want someone to do that. Cause then while I'm fucking raining blows and it's just, my hand is just hitting like a fucking guts of your brain, you know, just the skull is not even a skull anymore. The face isn't a face anymore. It's just this raw sound. I'm basically punching the earth that was behind your head. That's how hard I'm hitting you while that's happening. I would want my son to see me and be like, God damn, my dad really loves me. How lucky am I? <laughs> all right i got a little psychotic there that whole stretch got a little psychotic there um all right uh what else can i shoot the shit with you guys the last five minutes of the podcast uh as you all know um i'm a big sports fan hey that jake paul guy lost he finally faced like a real boxer tommy fury the younger half brother of i don't know why i said half brother he's brother brothers are brothers of heavyweight champion of the world tyson fury I'm talking about violence man that, that fight was it was um, a split decision victory for Fury, but I feel like Fury had it. Because um, what's his name just has one good move. And this is the first time he's fought like a boxer boxer. And it's not like Tommy Fury is some fucking top-notch prospect, you know? So it really goes to show you. I will give Jake Paul credit, though. He trains hard. He's in great shape. The dude's a fucking marketing genius, obviously. Um, so, yeah, I give him a lot of credit there. And he was humble in defeat. He was very humble in defeat. So good on him for that, you know? Um, didn't make excuses. Uh, he did say I lost because I didn't fight the best I could, which is like yes, whatever. That's boxing talk, so you can't even get too mad about that. But he seems to be a guy who has one big thing. It's an overhand right, and he's just looking to get that. And he's and he's been bigger than most of the guys he's faced. They're not really they don't really give a fuck about weight classes when it comes to these fights. I've noticed they're kind of making up their own rules. They're only doing eight rounds. Some other things, you know, they're a little bit like mm, that's weird. And what was annoying, though, is the announcers were acting like it was a 50-50 fight. But if you were watching it, which I watched illegally, I'm not paying that for that, um, it wasn't 50-50. It really wasn't. It was Fury won I, the first two rounds easy. Third round, maybe you could say could have leaned uh, Jake Paul's way. But then after that, and then the last round, because Fury got knocked down, you'd say, oh, all right. but still overall, I'm like, oh, this is this is a decision victory for Tommy Fury. Now, what was interesting was during the fight, an announcer who was, I never heard of before, but I think he was just nervous maybe because he said, what did you tell your brother? He talked to Logan Paul, Jake Paul's, I don't know if he's older or younger, I think older. 
brother and said, uh, what'd you tell your brother before the fight? And he's like, Hey, I'm not going to give you a big speech. You know what you're doing. You put in the work, no matter what, I love you. And then the announcer goes, I love you too. <laughs> so in my head, I'm like, was this announcer half paying attention? Heard I love you. And just like, I love you too. So that made me giggle a little bit there. And then he was just like, and fuck the whole Fury family. Like he, he called them out, called them all bitches or pussies or something. And I'm like, dude, are you out of your mind? The, the brother, Tyson Fury, is the greatest fighter in the world right now. He's the heavyweight champion of the world. He's the best boxer in the world. And he might, I don't know, it's tough. It's hard to compare eras, but he might go down as he's at least top three right now of greatest heavyweight champions of all time, greatest heavyweight boxers of all time. He's 6'9", 280, and, and could box. It's not like he's just some power guy, brawler. He's hard to touch. So he's got that like skill set of like, you can't touch me. Like, you know, he's literally like moving. He, he can move. He's floating like a butterfly. And I wouldn't even say stinging like a bee because it's not a sting. It's a fucking blast. It's a blast. He's got, it, that's how powerful this dude is. I'm like, you're going to talk shit to that guy? Dude. Like, I would have found it hilarious. And the, his brother won, so it wouldn't have come that way. But say his brother did lose. For the sake of sticking up for his family, it would have been a great if Tyson got up there, went to the ring and said, I will fight you both the same time. You guys could both get in the ring. That's how badly I'll beat the fight. And none of them, neither of them would agree with it. They wouldn't. Like if Tyson Fury tomorrow came out and said, I want to fight one of the Pauls, real boxing match, let's go. They would both say, hell no. They'd make something up. They'd be like, well, like, you know, but they would know they would die. That would be worse than if someone slapped my kid. I really do believe that. Um, all right. I will have a bonus episode coming up for the Patreon. Big news on the podcast front as well. Hopefully I've got news about my special. Um, so a lot of good stuff in the works right now. All positive shit. I hope you guys all are having a great week and you're kicking ass in your life. Thank you for checking out the Joe Kilgallen podcast. Cheers.